Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. I am here with a true, new, friend, vibrant visionary. (laughs) She's all of the above. She's a multi-creative. She's a supporter of other women and their creative businesses. And oh my gosh, I have been, um, I've had this on my docket for a while that I was going to talk with Jenny. So please welcome Jenny McLeod. Hi, Heidi. I am so thrilled to be talking with you today. Me too. So just real quick, I heard Jenny speak on another podcast, one of my favorites called The Soulful MBA. And I'll share a link to that podcast. That's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I heard Jenny and I really liked just your personality, your style. And you were talking about um, tax season in a way that made me feel (laughs) more at ease and less stressed. And I thought, oh my gosh, I got to get Jenny on here. So maybe we can just start out by you telling us um, the listeners more about what it is you do, what your business is called. And um, yeah, why, why I scheduled this to come out in uh, February. First off, I'm so happy that you use the word easy and or ease and tax season in the same sentence. That's great. And I hope after this podcast that all of you listeners out there will feel a little bit more ease with tax season. I have been working for myself about seven years now. I'm sort of like a business coach for women who are self-employed. And now I'm also a writer and a resource for women in Seattle. I should say that it's focused on Seattle. And I say sort of like a business coach. I'm different than a coach, although it includes coaching. I will also help my clients actually do things. So I'll get together with the client. We might talk through issues they're going through, or we might sit down and actually do their taxes or sit down and actually work on their website or organize their office. So that's why I say sort of like a business coach. Yeah, that was another reason I wanted to have you on is that I saw that you were a true kindred spirit in multi-creativity. Like you have this hybrid business that takes many of your skills and puts them all under one umbrella. So I'd love to know, first of all, the name of your business. And then second of all, how this business evolved into what it is now. And I'm sure it's always evolving, but like how you came to this sort of hybrid umbrella of offerings. Uh, So the business is called Jenny Girl Friday. And it's funny, I introduced myself mostly as this sort of business coach, but I keep forgetting, as you said, I have a hybrid business. And I'll get to that in just a second. What happened is I would meet with my clients, work one-on-one, and we do their marketing and their taxes and how to say no in their weekly schedule. And what I found is that what caused people the most anxiety was dealing with tax and license stuff. And so I thought, well, I'm going to make a little newsletter for my clients so I can remind them when things are due and how to do it. And then it really just started to grow from there. I started doing more tax workshops and then being a tax resource. I didn't start out passionate about taxes, but strangely enough, I've become really passionate about letting everyone know that you can do taxes. And if you can learn to do them, it'll free up so much more space in your brain. And so you're right. I really have this hybrid. I meet with people one-on-one. I run this newsletter called Sidekick Service. And then I do these workshops. Oh yeah. And I wrote a book. I forgot about that. I wrote a book (laughs) and I'm trying to write more books. It's just going to take some time before I can do that. So really, as you said, it evolved. One thing led to another. When I see a need and if I can fill it, that's what maneuvers me. I thought, how can I help my clients feel more ease? And then I thought, well, how can 
how can I take this on the road and help more and more people in Seattle feel more ease with taxes? So that's kind of where it went. And it is multi-creative, as you said. They're all different, all these streams. Yeah, the putting your clients at ease, that is so one of my top values. And one of my top values for myself mm-hmm. is to make life as easy and comfortable as possible. And for those around me and people in my in workshops and, you know, even friends and family, of course, you know, like hanging out and spending time and feeling, you know, at ease. And but it's also a top value for my coaching is to put my clients, and then even with the podcast to put people at ease. So that's why I also thought that talking with you now about tax season, I mean, I know this isn't true for everyone, but for me, it's been a process of learning and I'm still learning like, oh, how do I feel like, oh, tax season, this this is exciting. I get to learn <laughs> more about my money and like, you know, like how do, how have you moved the needle for people? What sort of ways can people glean right now as they're listening, um, ways that they can feel more comfortable around tax season? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, first off, I really love that phrase you used, move the needle. If right now you're listening and you think, I hate taxes, should I even keep listening to this episode? Yes, do keep (laughs) listening. It's hard to go from really anxious or triggered all the way to feeling awesome about taxes. It really is kind of an incremental process. And I've seen it happen over and over, people really dreading them and learning to love them. So as far as how how to do this, one is to to say, okay, it is worth learning how to do taxes. And then two, think, well, how have I learned other things that are hard? Like for example, when I learned to do rock climbing, which was super scary for me, I was in a class, I had a buddy, there was a teacher, they taught us the tools, I was in a harness, you know, I mean, I had like all this help. So if you can say, all right, I'm going to try this, I'm going to trust Jenny and Heidi. And so then what helps is to get some basic information, give yourself lots of time, put a little time in your schedule to learn about it, and then treat yourself really nicely say, hey, I'm learning something hard right now. So every step I take, I'm going to do something nice for myself. And then, I don't know if I said this before, but get a buddy. You know, when you're learning something new, it's really hard when you're all by yourself, even if you're looking at a worksheet or a website. So I like to get a friend and we figure the stuff out together. The other positive thing about that is it means you have an appointment on your calendar. So if I have a chore that I won't, I don't want to do, I will put it off, put it off, put it off. But if I know I'm meeting a friend next Thursday at 11 and we're going to work on it, then it can get done. And I can give you more specifics about taxes later, but that's kind of the general approach is go, you know what, I'm going to support myself, set myself up to learn something new. And the last thing I would add there is to think, how do I learn best? You know, if a buddy is not the best way you learn, if you like to research and read lots of books, then go get a whole bunch of books. Or if you like to talk to someone, then talk to somebody who likes taxes and have them walk you through it. But work in your own way. All of that is excellent advice. And it definitely is a very compassionate and very much an approach that I've suggested for different things as well. And how I've learned for myself, how I reprogrammed my inner critic that was saying like, gosh, don't you already know this stuff? Or, oh, isn't this kind of embarrassing that you don't know it? And then switched it around and said, why would I know this? Like, I... 
I wasn't born to do taxes and I actually didn't really, really like math. I had some negative experiences with math in school. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. then um, even the first accountant that I worked with, you know, I asked him for some help and he was okay, you know, and and certainly my taxes were done um, in a way that I could understand. But um, my husband and I just started working with somebody new because we liked his personality better. He sort of has this like Ron Swanson kind of <laughs> vibe to him. But he's funny and he's got, you know, Star Wars figurines in his office. And, awesome. you know, so we feel and I told him, you know, I said, this is the, each year I want to know a little bit more and a little bit more. Like you said, it's not going to happen overnight, but nice. find the people that you feel comfortable to be vulnerable like that if it does I I will even tell people like, ooh, I can feel my anxiety level kind of going up as I talk about this. Mm. So please be be gentle with me as I discuss this, yes. this topic. And, um, and then I have a friend who um, actually this year she I asked her for help. I said I've always my um, I haven't used a spreadsheet so far. My so far with my business it's been pretty cut and dry. I get paid certain amount from certain amount of clients, and then I pay certain amount out for expenses. There's nothing too complicated. I haven't had any um, subcontractors. I haven't hired other people. I've, you know, I've done a little bit of travel, but it's pretty cut and dry. So I've just kept it on one piece of paper, uh, you know, money in, money out. Mm -hmm. But I want to grow my business and I want to do more bold and interesting things. And I want to do more um, retreats and such things that, you know, I'll be, there'll be more contracts to be signed and more people and more detail. So I want to be set up now and get comfortable now. So I asked a friend who does bookkeeping if she would make a spreadsheet for me. And so we had a one hour phone conversation about it and and she um, designed one for me and sent it to me. And then she just said, you know, let me know if you have any questions about this. Let me know if this doesn't work mm. for you. And mm. I think, you know, I'm an adult and I'm still learning <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's okay to ask for help. It's not only okay to ask for help. Smart people ask for help. Yes. Smart people. And I remember that's, you know, what I did when I was feeling vulnerable and feeling afraid of like learning new things around money and numbers and such is that I uh, was feeling shame, you know, mm-hmm. and I realized like, mm-hmm wow, this is big for me because this is something I work on with clients as a coach, of course, is to help change that inner critic into an inner champion or inner warrior for you. And so I needed to go through that process of feeling the shame mm-hmm. and being gentle and kind to myself, like you suggested, like just be kind with yourself, treat yourself well, you know, have your favorite cup of tea or coffee, meet with a trusted friend, turn this into like a fun experience of exploration and learning and questioning. And I think of those who listen Uh, the vibrant visionaries that are out there, like we all have skill sets that are different. And some of you out there might be great with math and already have your taxes dialed in and everything's groovy. Mm -hmm. But we all just have a variety of skills and and it's not going to cover every single thing. So it makes sense for us to say, oh, this isn't part of my skill set. So I'm going to ask a lot of questions and learn. And Vibrant Visionaries, I've found, are all lifelong Mm -hmm. learners. So think of this as another learning opportunity. 
Yes. You know, by the way, I wish I had a secular word for amen, because I want to just say amen to everything you said. Um, <laughs> Heidi, you are like the after poster for my clients. Like what everything you said is what I hope for all my clients. One, we admit that there's anxiety around taxes. And I want to talk about that in another minute. But the other thing you did is you you worked with one accountant and when it was you weren't vibing, you found another one. That's really important that you work with people that you're comfortable with. So you got help. And then also you didn't create an overly complicated accounting system. You used, I mean, bookkeeping system. You used a bookkeeping system that matched your business and your style, which was a piece of paper. And that is super legit. I still have clients that use notebooks. Some use QuickBooks, but it's what matches you and your business. And then when you felt comfortable, you thought, I want to grow, so maybe I better know my numbers a little bit more. And then you got a bookkeeper to set a, a tool up for you. And so everything you're doing is what I hope for every my clients. This is what we work toward is having a system that makes sense for you, acknowledging your feelings, getting help. And moving forward slowly, making progress slowly. And I want to say this, it is a thousand percent reasonable to have anxiety around taxes. Unless you have a degree in tax accounting, it is so regular, normal to have anxiety when it comes to taxes and when it comes to numbers, especially when we're very creative people, out of the box thinkers, we're very unique. And the reason it's triggering is that we're used to being good at what we do in our area. And then we come over and we think, oh, well, I know how to paint a bookshelf or I figured out how to make a website or I made my homemade Christmas gifts. And then you go over to the tax thing. You're like, I can figure this out. I have a new business. And you start to research and none of the words make sense. And then most, I would say almost 100% of my clients and myself, we feel stupid. We're like, ah, how can I not figure this out? I'm a smart person. And it doesn't feel good to be stupid. And then it's very hard to get help if you're self-employed, if you work for yourself by yourself. There's a lot of resources for small business, which is more complicated. When you're micro business, it's hard to get help. And then like you said, our skill set, we're, we're, we're good at listening. We're good at strategizing. We're good at creating new things, making new products. That's a different skill set than doing taxes. So I want to say to you out there, if you ever feel like, how can I not do this? I'm an adult. I should do this. I feel stupid. Please know that you're in very, very, very good company. And what I would say is go out there and be a light, do your work, be creative. That's your primary role or your primary offering. And so if taxes are hard, but you can learn them and you can get help and it's okay to keep feeling anxiety. That's why we need to be nice to ourselves. It's okay to keep feeling anxiety because that's not your primary skill set. That's not what you were born to do or you'd be doing them. Yeah. And I think I'm really glad we're talking about anxiety. And one of the things that I realized that I wanted to openly discuss more coming into this new year of another year of podcasting is emotions and our emotional response to things, because it's very easy for me to say like, start a mindfulness practice. And this mm -hmm. is how it is. You know, I try to be very real about like, being mindful and compassionate about things is a something that we practice and practice and practice. But there are emotions that come up around it. Like we don't just magically 
flip a switch and we have endless patience for people that bug the <laughs> crap out of us. Or <laughs> I actually listen. So I use the Headspace app for guided meditation. And I will use that app a couple of times a day. And one of my favorite um, tracks on that app is the kindness track. Mm. I, even though I teach it, and even though I live it and breathe it, and, and it's one of my favorite things to discuss is how to be more kind to yourself and to others. I still want to have somebody else's voice coming in and, and, and reminding me what it feels like and breathing into it and, and meditating on this idea of being kind to yourself. So learning these new things and finding the right kind of help or support or friendship um, that you can be vulnerable around is going to support you no matter where, how emotional or um, how uh, anxious you feel. And then slowly over time, you will feel less anxiousness or the anxiousness will kind of pop up and then pop back down a little faster. This is resilience. So, you know. Oh, yeah. We're learning resilience as we learn to, um, you know, stretch and learn new skills, but then also ask for the help that we need, but also get more comfortable with like, oh, this is an emotional response to this. Okay. Yeah. Oh, let's see. <laughs> How yeah. can I kind of muddle through this? <laughs> the first thing is to say like, hey, it's okay, Heidi, you're feeling this, but it's all right. You know, you'll, you'll figure this out eventually. Yes. And, you know, part of the emotions that come up or anxiety when it comes to taxes and money is that in our culture, in my opinion, we have a very skewed view of business and money. And it's kind of been equated with greed and taking advantage of other people, always getting the better. People think about business, like how can I maximize my profit? Like how can I get more than the other person? Well, that's not how I feel about it. And so sometimes reframing and even renaming processes around money can help bring up different positive emotions. So, and so I really like thinking, oh, okay, money is how I can be free and supported as a human. Okay, sorry, let me back up. So to thrive as a human, we need to understand money. If we're self-employed, we have to understand taxes in order to stand, understand money. And I think about business as an equal exchange. I serve you and your business, and then you give me money, and everyone wins and everyone's happy. And so for me, it's helped me embrace learning about money and taxes, kind of rewriting that story and just saying, this is just the currency of how we help each other out and how I make my way through the world. And then I have a, I actually use Excel to um, track my fan finances. And a couple of years ago, I started calling it my money garden. Hmm. I like to think about it like, okay, I've got all these seeds planted out there and, you know, plants are growing and some are perennials and some are annuals, but I've got to go actually don't actually have a physical garden, but in my mind, you know, this is how I think about it. I would need to go out there and weed sometimes and I would water and sometimes I'm going to look and I'm going to go, oh my gosh, look at those beautiful flowers. Or I might say, hey, the carrots are ready to be, you know, picked. And a garden does well when we tend to it regularly. And so when I retitled my financial spreadsheet money garden, it made it more inviting and kind of fun. And there's a feeling of if I'm caring for it, it's going to grow. And so these are like just the little ways of reframing so that it's more enjoyable. 
That is great. I love the picture that you've painted with that. And I love thinking of growing it as a garden. It just sort of takes away a lot of the power of like the weird, complicated way that society can look at money or wealth. I use planting seeds when I think about the ways that I put out little bits and bobs of information or or also when I'm making new connections. So maybe on Monday, when I'm here in my home office, I'm planting little seeds by sending off little emails, mm. inviting people to be on the podcast. Right now I'm getting together uh, some friends to do a Galentine's brunch. And so I mm. planted seeds by emailing my friend who runs my favorite cafe and asking her if we could reserve some tables. And then mm. I let that go. And because I, what I realize is sometimes I can kind of... Um, get a little obsessive over something like, oh, I hope they email me back in, in a day so that I can continue on that. But instead I'll say, oh, I've just planted that seed and mm -hmm. I'll get back to her when she gets back to me and I can just let that go and move on. And mm -hmm. also because as a multi-creative, as a vibrant visionary, I realize that certain days I feel more like reading information or hanging out on social media and kind of connecting with people. And then other days I want to um, write. And then other days I just want to be outside as much as possible and smell the trees and listen to the birds and watch my dog chase <laughs> squirrels. And right now she's like snoring in here right now. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, yeah, planting seeds is my way of going like, oh, I've already kind of lit some fires or, you know, mm -hmm. gotten some things started. Mm -hmm. And now it's time to go out and be out in the world and um, just enjoy life, which is one of the things that it's funny. I've talked with a few few friends recently about how I can't believe I keep having to remind myself to have a great time and just enjoy mm -hmm. life because I feel like a pretty joyful, happy person. But sometimes when I've got a lot of goals, I almost feel like I'm punishing myself. Like, mm. you know, get those 10 goals started before you can go see a movie or meet a friend. And I realize like, oh, actually, it's much, 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 much better if I look at my week and sprinkle in the work and sprinkle in the hanging out with friends and that that inspires, you know, it inspires the work when you go see a, a movie or go drink a really interesting pot of tea or go have an interesting meal or go see artwork. And anyways, that's my planting seeds. <laughs> tangent, <laughs> yeah. I love the garden, the, the money garden. When you're talking about planting seeds in kind of a marketing way, I like to think about that too, so that we don't get overly invested in any one action. And really what, for me, for marketing and money, it's about having having a lot of habits of lots of little touches. And again, not being overly invested in any one thing. And behind this, the picture you're describing is really about a lot of freedom and about a lot of play and honoring yourself. You know, if you have all these goals for the week, some weeks we have the energy and we're like, yes, but other weeks we're like, I don't, I don't want to do all that. I'd rather just binge watch some Netflix or go to ladies spa for half a day. Well, here's the thing. It's very easy to be free that way. And to say, you know, I'm not going to do that this week. When you understand your money situation, to me, the difference between people who describe themselves as entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or, or creative professionals who are self-employed, the ones that don't understand their money work all the time because they're afraid of not being able to pay the bills. When you know what your bills are and you know, understand your taxes and you 
understand your income, it's a lot easier to take a half day off. And to me, one of the best things that supports creativity is open space, open play, time that's not directed, even boredom. If you can get boredom, it's hard to get boredom in this modern world. When I I have to put that on my calendar and protect it, free open time, because it just doesn't happen accidentally for me. I can only do that when I know I'm earning enough the other days. And I only know I'm earning enough if I'm paying attention to my numbers. And a last little like ad for taxes again is the reason to learn more about taxes is it will save you money. When we don't track our expenses, we're not breaking the law if we don't report the expenses. But if we don't report our expenses, then we're just paying too many taxes. And so the more we can embrace learning taxes to not overpay them, learning to charge what we need to live well, then we can create we can create all those things you just said. I, I love that image you painted. And that's what I hope for people is that their work brings them joy and that it helps people, and it really creates a lifestyle for you that nourishes you. And again, that's why we got to know our money. I love it so much. Yeah, I love that. It just like, oh, knowing my money makes, it makes for more freedom, more fun. And why, you know, why do we work for ourselves in the first place to like have that freedom and flexibility? So before we sort of move away from that topic, are there any things, um, I know you specialize in working with folks in Seattle, but there are, are there any like kind of starter places for people if they are listening to this and saying, well, I'm in, I don't know, California, for instance, or somewhere yeah, else. And example. I want to <laughs> get a little more comfortable in knowing you know, what I can write off, just get more of a handle around um, my taxes. Or maybe some people listening are like, I wonder if it's time for me to hire a bookkeeper. Mm. Like, where do you like to point folks? Yeah, great question. Well, number one, I'll, I'll point you all to my newsletter. Even though it's tailored for people in Seattle, I will walk you step by step through prepping for your IRS taxes. So it's free to join my newsletter. I ask for donations, but this is a great time to join because basically mid-February, I'm going to go through like a seven-week step-by-step process through taxes. I have a lot of worksheets that I make colorful and pretty. And you can also email me questions. And if it's easy to answer, I'll answer it quickly with no charge. If it's a little bit longer, then we'll talk about that. And I've really developed tools that people like to use. So wherever you live, get on my newsletter. And even though it's for Seattle, if you're self-employed and you have a business license in your city and or your state, I'll send out a newsletter reminding people to file their Seattle taxes. Well, that can be a cue for you to go, oh, well, what about my city? Do I need to do that? And so my newsletter can kind of help in those ways. Um, If you want to learn more, one way to do it is uh, meet with three or four accountants that you're considering hiring. And every time you meet with someone, you'll learn something new. So that's another way. And then you asked about bookkeepers or accountants. Let me talk about them separately. When I'm talking about numbers and taxes, I like to talk about the ABC. And A is for accountant, B is for bookkeeper, and C is for the schedule C. So accountants, their job is to tell the story of your numbers. So they look at all the numbers you've collected and accountants can say things like, oh, 
this is your profit and these were your expenses and this is how much tax you have to pay. Here's your growth year over year. Here's suggestions for you. Or here, if you uh, write this off this year, you'll save this much money. So accountants is this top level where it's about the story and the strategy reporting to the government. Bookkeepers, now this is very general that I'm speaking, bookkeepers, their job is to collect all those numbers. A bookkeeper for a company would do the billing and then they would collect the money and they would track expenses. And basically their job is to keep the money flowing and collect all the data so that when it's time to go to the accountant, all the data is there. So a bookkeeper, if you hire a bookkeeper, their job is really tracking all your numbers. Some bookkeepers can file your taxes, but some don't. It just depends on the training of the bookkeeper. There's even some accountants that will do bookkeeping. Some accountants will also help you set up QuickBooks online and then monitor that. So there's kind of this range between accountants and bookkeepers. I have some clients who have bookkeepers and then they do their own taxes on TurboTax. I have some clients that do all their bookkeeping or I do it with them, and then they go to an accountant. So they're they're very different. C for Schedule C is the form for the IRS taxes. It's called the profit, it's either the profit or loss for business or profit and loss. And the Schedule C, it's just a two-page form where you report your overall income, you report your expenses, then you get the profit after that. And I just like to say it so that this is your little toehold into the world of taxes. Schedule C is the business form that we use. Did I answer your question, Heidi? I got a little lost. In- Absolutely. And I would say, yeah, as far as like finding those people, I mean, I've just asked my friends, you yes. know, so ask your, your, your buddies if you've got other folks out there and, and yeah, don't be afraid to shop around and find the people that'll work with you, but yes, find folks that, that understand your um, the way you speak, you know, like mm-hmm. we all have different ways of having conversations and expressing ourselves. And so I think it's really important to honor. And we talked about a little bit earlier, but like honor how you process information and how you connect and communicate and find folks that are a good fit. Or, you know, if somebody feels like a good fit at first, and then a little ways down the line doesn't, you know, it's no skin off their back if you decide to to uh, seek somebody else that's a better fit for what you're doing. Yes. And so definitely, if you're going to look for a bookkeeper, sometimes because we're so anxious or nervous, we feel lucky if they take us on. Well, they're lucky to get you as a client. This is just like any other thing. So if you're going to get a bookkeeper, like I said, meet three or four, ask for a recommendation, and then maybe meet three or four. But let me back up and say this too. If you are a service-only business, bookkeeping is so simple. Another thing you might do is kind of like what you did, Heidi, is hire someone or ask a friend to help you set up a simple tracking system. Because you might end up paying a bookkeeper $1,000 over the year, and it's really only a couple hours of work. People just don't know. And sometimes bookkeepers and accountants, some of them don't really tell you. They just charge you a lot, and really it wasn't a lot of work. If you have inventory, if you're making products, if you have online sales, or if you have to collect sales tax, it gets a little trickier, and then it really is worth hiring someone to do some of that work. I was just with a therapist client a month ago, and in one hour, we tracked all of her expenses for the entire year. It only took us an hour, basically, to prep for her IRS taxes. Awesome. Great advice. 
Very cool. Thank you so much. That was really super useful. So let's move over to just personal you stuff, (laughs) visiting your website. You have the section called the Seattle Business Apothecary that you're working on and the sidekick service email. You've got your book. But what else is like going on with you Mm. and (laughs) what's going on with you that you want to share? And I'm also curious if you were going, oh, well, this is um, a new platform that I'm on today, Heidi's podcast, connecting with Heidi's listeners. What are things that are you'd like the opportunity to do that maybe you haven't been doing or you'd like to do more of? I'd really like to start sharing more of that with people so that we're all really using our platforms and our connections to like help each other rise our tides and mm. lift all of our boats. Oh. So yeah, there's just a, a 5 billion things <laughs> I just threw at you. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, you literally gave me goosebumps when you said rise our tides and lift our boats. So what's going on for me in 2020 and what would I wish to share? Well, I have two children. One is in college and the other is a senior in high school. So he's graduating this June and I'm basically working as hard as I can in my different areas. And I'm also trying to save a little energy to spend time with him because I like him. And also I've been a mom for 20 years and holy moly, this is like a 20 year job that's going to end and evolve into something else. So It's been a little tough for me because I have a lot of projects I want to work on, and I'm actually working on another book, which I'll tell you about in a minute. So it's been kind of a struggle for me. I'm trying to write down all my ideas for projects, so hopefully in the future I can kind of get back to them. So a big thing for me this year is balancing being a mom and being a creative person and being a business owner. The website, the Seattle Business Apothecary, it is still useful for other people, and One thing I want to offer to your listeners is that I have a very simple Excel spreadsheet that I use for my money tracking. So if anyone wants to email me, I will happily send them my personal Excel uh, spreadsheet, which I've been fine tuning over the years. Oh, okay. This is a dream. One of the things I love to do with people is do a tax party. Hmm. Maybe six people get together, they all bring their spreadsheets or their paper receipts, or they don't know what to do and they just show up. And we kind of talk about how to get prepped for IRS taxes. Maybe we have some wine and some cheese and we laugh a lot. And the first person that gets done, they help the other people. And then people give me a little bit of money as well. And, you know, I would say it would be kind of a dream if someone in another place, especially a warm place, since I'm up in rainy Seattle, please fly me down and let's do a tax party or a couple tax parties. Or another thing is I would love to get flown somewhere to help everyone set up their own custom system for tracking numbers. Mm. If you're tracking your numbers all year, by the way, then prepping for taxes is super easy. So I want to spread the word to help people embrace these systems so they can go back to their creative work. So somebody fly me somewhere. (laughs) I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I I was thinking a while back too. So I want to do more uh, retreats and just getaways and weekends and things where people can really just have fun. And so I have this fantasy of like getting people together for like three or four days and 
most of it is spending time just like playing ping pong yes. and swimming in a swimming hole and yes. <laughs> making like meals together and finding a little nook to read a book and just, you know, any combination of like doing things with other people, maybe doing some crafting, but also yes. having personal time. Ah. And I've thought, oh, it'd be cool if we were doing something where we said, and then this is the the one like work related thing that we're really gonna also do. Like that would be a super cool thing to do where we talk about it a little bit, you know, after breakfast on Thursday morning, and then people get set up by you on Thursday afternoon to kind of figure it out. And then on Friday, we're putting all the numbers down and helping each other, you know, something where we touch on it a few times throughout the weekend or the four days so that by the end, everybody's like relaxed and happy, but also feels like really set up for success and connected with each other. Ah. Those are the kind of retreats I want to have. And some retreats I want to have where we just do all the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, but some retreats I think would be really great for things I do with folks learning more about self-compassion mm. and self-care. Mm -hmm. I'd also like to do some retreats where we're designing our vibrant vision together. Yes. So this is what I do with my clients one-on-one -on -one and with group coaching, but I think it would be awesome to do that. But I could see how I could design a vibrant vision and have you come in and be a part of that too. So let, let's make that happen. Ooh, <laughs> wait, you're just a dream maker. My dream is going to come true. I love I love retreats so much. And sometimes it's about getting away and relaxing and playing and being different. And sometimes it's nice to go out on a retreat and get something done. And so I love this idea of like, hey, let's embrace your numbers. And then once you find the clutch with numbers and you have peace with them, you can dream bigger and believe in those dreams. They're not bigger, but you can believe in your dreams and put some fuel behind them. So yes to retreats. Oh gosh, I love this. Doing retreats, flying around, writing more books. Oh, you got me dreaming again. I've been kind of holding those at bay. <laughs> yes, please bring me down there. Let's do it. And what I know I keep talking about taxes, but I love this word vibrant. And I love this mm -hmm. word visionary and to be alive and radiant and vital and in your zone. It's hard if there's a little piece of fear that's always nagging at you. And that's what money and taxes can do. So if you can embrace money and taxes, whether you outsource it or do it yourself, you're going to shine more. You're going to be brighter. You're going to be so vibrant and you can have more visions or believe in your visions and move through them at the pace that's right. So let's do this. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. We'll keep everybody informed about our future ventures yes. in um, awesome retreats. And, uh, and yeah, I've been um, getting outside more and moving around a lot more and also really f having a good time cooking really mm. good food. So I've been like roasting beets and um, making really interesting like salads with all sorts of marinades and yum. Do you, do you find that cooking is a nice balance for doing creative work and working with people? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Usually it's Friday. I have um, an ongoing calendar notice that says self-care Friday, mm. treat yourself Friday. <laughs> Cooking, I think, yeah, it, it's like a totally different creative process and it's really mm. intuitive and uh, I like just playing around with new herbs and things and I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's inspiring. So at our retreat, it sounds like we might have some really amazing salads for one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, man. Well, on that note, on that tasty salad note, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, where where is it best for people to contact you? And then we'll we'll wrap up um, our conversation today, which has been just absolutely wonderful. Oh, yes. Thank you. And by the way, I feel inspired now just a little bit from you. So thank you, Heidi. My pleasure. I have two websites. One is JennyGirlFriday.com. That's my main website. It has info about my book and um, my services. And then the other website is SeattleBusinessApothecary.com. And even if you don't live in Seattle, there are worksheets on there for tracking numbers, for prepping for taxes. There's some rewards menus on there. Uh, in fact, actually, that's another thing I want to do in the future is make more and more graphic tools for people. Um, so you can find me in one of those places. And if you sign up for my email list on either one, then um, you'll get on my sidekick services for the reminders for taxes. And then my email address is on there too. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. It's just been great talking with you and, and I look forward to collaborating with you in the future. And and you just really set everybody up for success here in, in talking about this subject that, you know, we all need to deal with one way or another, yeah. right? <laughs> Death and taxes. Death and taxes yeah. <laughs> well, this was a true delight. This is my favorite thing to talk about. And you are so fun to talk with. Thank you so much. Thanks again. Okay, thanks everybody. Uh, this is another episode of Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. You can find everything I'm up to at vibrantvisionaries.com and heidibennett.com. You'll hear us next nice. time. <laughs> <laughs>